I hate when he does this to me. Just jump on. <laughs> been a while. What's up, gentlemen? How y'all been? It's been, been a while so, since we've had you on here, too. It has yes. been. It's been a while since I've been on my own show. You imagine how long it's been since I've been on other people's show. So, all right. I think, listen, you, as, I think you, as, a, yeah. as a quick intro, let me let me just do a quick intro. All right. So, I I am new to the Dune universe, right? <laughs> the whole Dune universe. I saw uh, Dune 1 last week, and then I saw Dune 2, and I came off chomping at the bit wanting to talk about this. Mark saw it uh, sat- Friday or Saturday? You saw Friday, Mark? Friday night, yeah. Friday. So I, uh, Mark shot, me, shot us a text saying he saw it. I called Mark Saturday morning like, dude, we got to talk about this movie. <laughs> like, dying to talk about was, this movie. I was forced to go watch it just for this. I'm like, Rob, you're going to see. He's like, I got nobody to watch the kids. I'm like, take the kids. You're going to see this movie. You have to yeah. see it. Yeah, so my, you know, 10-month-old daughter sitting there watching giant sandworms <laughs> just chowing down on popcorn. Did she, you take the 10-month-old? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you guys don't have anybody to watch the kids. That's crazy. We could have so. had my mom watch them, but she had to watch them today, so. Yeah. All right, so um, a, a few initial thoughts. Yeah. Um, I spoilers I, ahead, guys. Yeah, guys, there's gonna be spoilers in this. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what to tell you. I did make movie, the thumbnail that. So if at this point you missed it, that's your fault. That's it. It's it's like so. The first time I tried to watch Dune one, I tried to watch it twice, and both times I tried to watch it, I fell asleep. It just seemed boring to me, right? Mm-hmm. Then I started seeing trailers for Dune two. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna stick it through this movie. And I sat and I watched it last week, and I loved it. Like, I really did like it. I love the whole, I mean, I think as Catholics, we're ingrained or, or I don't know what the, what the, it's like, almost like it's in our, in our being to love a good prophecy coming true story, you know, like the, the, the one that was prophesied about coming about and really uh, taking, taking that, that position. So I really did enjoy Dune 1, but when I saw Dune 2, and I saw it in IMAX, the whole experience, there was several times I looked over at my wife and we both just at the same time looked at each other like, what are we experiencing right now? I haven't felt like that at a movie since The Matrix. That was the last time I was like mind blown at a movie theater. I what, think that the, the religion in Dune, I think, resonates to a lot of at least traditionalist Catholics or Catholics who lean that way because... In Dune, you see in the in the in the, the civilization you see in Dune, you see all of the what I would call the trappings of religion. We don't really have that in America. What we call religion is like a motivational speaker in a rock concert. Yeah, I mean, I'm funny. not saying there's anything wrong with motivational speakers or rock concerts per se, but it's not religious. And so yeah. in the Dune, in the Dune society, you see things like there are things you have to do in the religion, like eating things, drinking physical things, right? Prophecies and not just sort of, uh, it's all book science. We're looking for actual people and, and there's physicality to it. And I think something about, you know, Frank Herbert, I don't know how religious he was. I have heard he was born and raised a Catholic, and he has said before that he was inspired by what he called the Catholic authors, although he never really says who he thinks they who the, who he calls the Catholic authors. Got about it in Tolkien, right? I would imagine Tolkien in terms of world building e. for sure. Chesterton, maybe. Yeah, definitely, because there's there's moral implications to what's going on in Dune, but um, Dune primarily to me, especially the 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 book one, which we've just seen. Uh, 
played out in film. Does it have everything that were in the books? No. And it wouldn't. I mean, that would be a bad movie because the books have side things that go on and it all happens inside the mind. And I think they, this is a lot of the trappings that Lynch fell into with the voiceovers and it, it just didn't play they, very well. They did miss a few things that I think <clears throat> are important for Paul's motivations for why he does what he does. Sure. Yeah. Um, where I think by leaving them out, it seems like he's really is just driving towards this religious figure and jihad type thing. Whereas like, like I said, in the books, there's some other things that happen where you understand why he, he does those things. Well, it's okay. So you guys both read the books, which is awesome because you no, I just read the me. first book, to be honest. Okay. But Mark, you've read all of them, right? I mean, I've read up through uh, God Emperor of Dune. There, there are um, two more after that, that I have not gotten to, but yeah. Okay. I've, so I've read right, through so, book four. All right. So just seeing the movies, I would say that Paul is wrestling with two two different things. He's so before he drinks the blue liquid. Yeah, water of life. He seems like he's trying to be a leader in the role in the in the mold of his father, right? And then after he drinks the blue stuff, it seems like he he realizes who his who his grandfather is. That his grandfather is the Baron, and mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, okay, I have to go the tyrant route. Like, I have to rule as a Harkonnen." So it seems like there's this 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 dichotomy that he's that he's wrestling with: do I do I rule as my father or do I rule as a Harkonnen? Now, th- uh, somebody said it in here. They said, "I don't care what the libs say." Paul Paul Mudai Paul Mudib Mudib. Paul Madib is the good guy. So every, you keep hearing in in the in the secular press that like you know it's uh, the the movies about religious fundamentalism and the dangers of it. And Paul is a false messiah. And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. He's not a he's a false messiah in that he's not a Christ messiah. Like he's, he's yeah he's not Paul, Jesus. He's not Jesus, but he is the messiah that the Jews wanted. Right, he's the Messiah that the, that the the zealots wanted. They mm-hmm. wanted us. They wanted a Messiah to take the head head of Israel and conquer the world in the name of Israel and make all nations bow to Israel. Do you know the first person in the Bible that was actually called Messiah was King Cyrus of Persia? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Messiah can mean a lot of different things. The word Mashiach can mean now when we're talking about like the Messiah, that obviously has very definite. That, that that's Christ and that's only to be fulfilled by him. But there are other Moshiach and basically that just means anointed one. So in yeah. a certain sense, yeah, Paul, so King David was an, an anointed sure, one. Yeah. yeah. And the thing I, I see this, this film and of course these books as exactly the opposite. It, they are the dangers of a cynical post-religious society. Because if you think about the, the Lancerat, the five houses, right. With the emperor and everything. And then you also think about the Northern Fremen tribes, they're very cynical about the religion of, of mm. they, they all kind of have the same religion. So there's not different religions in Doom. Um, but they're all very cynical about it. It's all just there to manipulate people. I mean, that's basically the what you hear in our society. Religion's yeah. just there to manipulate you. Know? But look at what happens to a society that has struggled against its oppressors for, for, for decades and with no luck. Look at what happens to them when they embrace the power of faith. A society, a technologically inferior society that has faith cannot be dominated. That is, in my opinion, is one of the lessons of Dune. That if you if you embrace I mean, look you guys have talked on you guys have talked on this show about the power of a mas- of a national ethos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's what Paul <coughs> Moadib Atreides gave the Fremen, all of them. And once they had that, nothing technologically changed for the Fremen. Nothing in their battle tactics necessarily changed, but they were unstoppable now mm-hmm. all of a the sudden. They're not just unstoppable on Arrakis. They're going to take over the whole galaxy. And one helps. One can't help but wonder that if we took out, you know, Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world. Whether that frightens you or you're ecstatic about that, it's a fact. It is the fastest growing religion in the world. And the one thing you cannot say about the Muslims is that they don't take their religion seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what would happen if the Catholic Church took its religion seriously. Might we be the fastest growing religion in the world instead of the incredible? We were at church? one time, right? We we conquered the world at one time. When the look at what happens when the Spaniards were fanatics. Yeah, you, you're welcome. Yeah, dude, they keep because they keep trying to like they keep trying to portray this movie as if Paul is a false messiah. And I'm saying after he drinks that blue stuff, right, and he comes out. And they're like, you can't speak unless you, you know, you kill the former leader because that's their yeah. tradition. And he goes, yeah. you want me to cut off my hand at a time when we're about to, to go into battle? And he gets in front of everybody and he goes, not one of you can challenge me. I had chills. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yes, go and conquer. Let's go. Like there's, there's an aspect. The- in the okay. books, what they don't, what they didn't show you in the movie is that in the books, Paul really does become to because come to believe. I mean, I would argue. I yeah. it, the books make it, so the movie made it seem like he knows he's kind of like misleading and mis manipulating these people for a while. But the books, what you don't understand is Paul becomes to believe. And listen to what Stilgar said. He said, "I don't care if you believe. I believe. Yeah. I'm not here to convince you of anything." Yeah. You know, this yeah. is the truth. This is what's happening. Look around yeah. you. The the movie doesn't show it. It shows it a little, but it, in the books, Paul. So Paul's trained as a as a mentat actually in the books, uh, along with his Bene Gesserit training. So explain he has, what a mentat. Explain a mentat. Yeah. So a mentat is in this universe and about where we are now in our time. Uh, more or less, they fought AI. <laughs> They fought yeah, a, a this war is a against post AI society, yes, and and they and they won, but it was it was close. So their their rule of life, and it really became the center of whatever religion they had afterwards was um, was no what they call thinking machines, no AI, really no computers. So what they did is they they kind of genetically modified some humans, but but more importantly, trained them from a young age to do all these complex calculations in their head. So Paul had that training along with his Bene Gesserit training. Um, but so what that does is after he gets that water of life, he actually starts seeing all the different possible timelines and he can calculate all these different timelines that could come from every choice he could make. It's kind of like Dr. Uh, Strange. Yes. Yeah. Well, except let's, let's gay. Let's... Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about spice for a moment because I think spice is it, it is a narcotic. Spice yeah. is the most power is the most uh, important commodity <laughs> in the Dune universe. Yes, Paul was homeschooled. Yes, mentats are basically the homeschool kids. Yes, yes, definitely. The weird um, spice gives a it gives a, a it's a highly addictive chemical, and and once you're addicted to it, if you stop taking it, you Yo. die. You die. Yeah, and it will give you the blue eyes called the eyes of Ibad. But essentially, what what 
what spice gives human beings is what's called prescience. And prescience is that ability to, it's not necessarily to just see the future. You see all possible futures. So you okay. can decide the Mark, best what one. do you say? So I, I'm going to tell you guys right now. So I'm taking my whole family to see. I, I did yeah. not mind having my three and five year old there. There's, there's no there's, nudity in it. There's no there's foul language in it. Where it's implied they, Paul and Johnny, like it's implied, but it's implied that it happened before the scene, but you don't see anything. There's, um, there's nothing immodest there's, in it or anything no like that. There's actually there's, no swearing at all. Yeah, there's no no foul language in it. The, my, the, my biggest my biggest issue with the movie itself are two things. One is it was a little too easy to defeat the Harkonnens. Like it just kind of seemed like like if this was how easy it was, it, shh, why yeah. were they oppressed by these people for so long? In, in the book, the Harkonnens like are in decline. Years. The Harkonnen, the, but that's the problem. The Lancerat is in decline, and mm-hmm. it's in decline because it doesn't have any more that it doesn't take its religion seriously, and it everything is cynical. And so, yeah, I mean, we have the, but, but everything's the Bene Gesserit. It's just machinating people, yeah. and so we go along with it. We have it, but it's like nobody, everybody the, knows it's crap, and and as a result, the Emperor Sardaukar, which were once the most feared military force in the universe are kind of like just a shell of themselves now. Yeah. The emperor is kind of a, 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 he doesn't, he's not capable of really ruling with an iron fist anymore. All of the great houses are in, I mean, and, and so are the Fremen too, except for the Fremen's in the South. Now, all of a sudden there's a unifying national mythos that is rooted in a spiritual religious framework. And now they're unstoppable and they, and you'll see in later books, they really will be unstoppable. Yeah, Mark, you should do a Dune lore series where you try to explain all the backstory. They didn't show the guild navigators. See, the guild yeah. navigators take so much spice that their bodies become deformed. They don't even look like human beings anymore. They live brains. in these tanks filled with spice gas, and they look like fish, basically, but they're human beings. And the reason that they have to take so much is uh, spice is they need that much prescience to navigate through space. Without the spice and the guild navigators taking all that spice, space travel is not possible. And that's what makes it. It's not just a nice commodity or a really cool drug to take. If, With no if, more spice, the empire collapses. It's right. Like the there's, there's no the trade. Empire. There's no trade. Yeah. There's well, no, in, in, in Herbert's is spice represents oil in our world today. Amongst other things. Yeah, amongst I mean, other yeah. things. But yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and, that, and that like oil is OPEC. And like oil, the spice is found in a hostile desert somewhere with a bunch of religious fanatics that you don't get along with very well. And they're difficult to understand because they take all this religion crap seriously. Can you imagine? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we'll just go over there and uh, take quick work of them because, you know, and that doesn't that's not easy to do because the Fremen have religion and you don't. And therefore, you're at a huge disadvantage to them always. Um, the pre-spice mad, that water of life stuff is... Um, that that's basically the, what makes the, the by the, I don't know if you guys know this the spice is made by the worms do you yeah. guys know that well you don't know that from the movie you don't know that from the movie the spice is made by the giant sandworms because yeah the worms that's what you're thinking why don't they just kill off all the worms wouldn't that make spice harvesting easier no that would be a terrible thing you don't want to do that <laughs> plus um, you can only kill them with nukes basically yeah and uh and nukes and water water will yep. do it so the the other the other uh aspect of the movie i hated was uh chani um zendaya about chani let's do that yeah zendaya she literally ruined the movie because not that she ruined it she was the worst aspect of it because she was basically uh 2024 college girl 
in this world. Like she just didn't belong. Like she was this. Well, and they. I liked her. Not, I thought it went okay. I, I don't know. Well, maybe, except that's not know. what Johnny was like in the book. Mm, yeah. Dude, okay. that's so, why I think she didn't fit because. Well, the the reason the reason I say that is because their love story was so superficial that when he goes with the emperor's daughter, I don't care. I'm like, good. And it also looks like he just, just, just like threw Chani out to the desert, which is not what, which is not what happens in, in reality. um, The, the, the marriage to the emperor's daughter is purely a political. He has two choices. He can either kill the emperor to take his throne or he can marry his daughter because he's already killed the emperor's champion, Fayed Rautha. Now, he marries the emperor's daughter, but that is purely, he, he never lays with another, he lays with his concubine, Chani. That's who he produces his, his children with. Um, and, and trust me, this is to no great consternation to, uh, to his wife, because <laughs> who will, who will go on to write the official history of Muad'Dib. Um, oh my gosh, I'm going off in all. Yeah, these that's well, yeah, well, so I think another important thing um, that you don't know in the movie is that at that point, uh, Chani and Paul had already had a son together who had been murdered by the Harkonnens. Um, yeah, they okay. don't show that. They'll have another one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but when, when Chani leaves at the end and goes off on her own, I'm worried that the next movie they're going to change because in the books, she stays with him and mm-hmm. she's basically his concubine and he has his children with her, even though he's married, you know, in, 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 into the world, it looks like he's married to this girl, but he really, he's really only with Chani. But they're making her run off, and I've, I'm worried they're going to make this girl boss storyline out of her in the next movie. So that's something to worry about. But this movie was good, and the reason it's not woke is because this movie was the book was written in 1970. Yeah. So you don't have all of the modern hangups that you would normally get in a script. This movie was like Star Wars was supposed to be, in my opinion, right? Like Star Wars should have been this adult sci-fi movie where it, it was just, I mean, this was such an adult theme movie from Dune, a message of our time for our times. Once men turned their thinking over to machines in the hope that this would set them free, but that only permitted other men with machines to enslave them. Yeah. That's a quote from the orange Catholic Bible from Dune. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the principal religious text of the Dune verse is the orange Catholic Bible. Um, now the, that's the modernism in, in Dune. There is a little bit of modernism in Dune, which is all the religions of earth have melded into this like universal religion. That is the one religion for everybody. That's a modernist wet dream. And I just don't even want to talk about it, but (laughs) as a plot device, I guess it works, (laughs) but like, don't look into, don't, 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 that's not what our goal is obviously. And no, do I think that's a good idea just because I like Dune. So, so it's, it's like them trying to say he's a false Messiah. Like I at no point thought, Oh no, he went to the dark side. Like I was like, yeah. When he drank that the water of life, I was like, let's go, man. Yeah. Take these people out. And like I was so happy to see um Josh Brolin's character. I forgot his name. Gurney. Gurney Halleck, yeah. Yeah, Gurney. Like he was just like, You have the resources to take them back, and you're not going to do it because he's struggling with he knows if he goes south, he's going to bring upon this holy war this jihad right yeah so he's fighting with going he's struggling with this i, I don't know if i should go down there but then once their temple is destroyed and he sees that the harkonnens are going to just wipe out the fremen he's like okay i have to do this and he goes down he drinks the water of life and then 
it just like that's the turning point where I think everything just starts getting good. That's where he becomes the Quetzatz Haderach. Now that that that's a term. See, in the Duneverse, these they're, they're this religious sisterhood of uh, <clears throat> you could call them nuns for lack of a better word, but um, they're they're the Bene Gesserit, and they have they are trying to produce a human being that has access to all of his bloodlines, memories, male and female. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Bene Gesserit have engineered their minds because they don't have computers. So the human beings have had to, you know, develop their minds. And Frank Herbert believed, as do I, that the, the best thing human beings have ever done for their development of their minds is religion. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> I mean, not to say that human beings invented that, but you get my point. Uh, the Bene Gesserit uh, so far only have access to their female ancestors' memories. The Quetzatz Haderach will be a man who will be trained in the ways of the Bene Gesserit, and he will be able to gain access to all of his male and female's ancestors' memories, as well as gain total prescience over the future. If that's a false messiah, what does the real one look like? I I don't know, you know, in terms of a dune. So so let me ask you something. All right, so now the Bene Gesserits, they are, um, they're a, 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 a group of concubines, essentially, right? Like they're this concubine class, sort they, of. They, yeah, I mean, not necessarily. They don't. The, 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 they don't have to be that, but oh, right. they, they use that to okay to they be can, to genetically engineer the bloodlines. Yeah. Right, okay, and they can so and they can choose whether they're going to have a male or a female by the power of their minds. They can mentally do that. So, and, and they're only supposed to bear female descendants. Lady Jessica is on the outs a little bit with them because she bore Paul Atreides and she was given orders to bear only female descendants. Okay, so now listen, here's what I I wanted to ask, though, because if they're all, they're basically going with all the most powerful men in the empire, right? So they're they're going with the emperor, they're going with uh, uh, Leo Atreides. They're they're doing that because they have engineered those, the major houses' bloodlines for millennia. Okay, so, that, so that's why it's not just because they're powerful. One could argue they're powerful because of the influence of the Bene Gesserit. But, yeah. but if they're only giving female offspring, like how do how do these men have male heirs? Oh no 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 the the they. The, Lady Jessica, the only one of the the great houses that I'm aware of, maybe there are other great houses, but so far only Duke Atreides is married to a Bene Gesserit. Well, and he's not even married. Not to, not to, yeah, he's never married. married? No, No. he never married. So what about the right? He never married her. Yeah. What about the emperor's daughter? Is the emperor's daughter a a a daughter of a Bene Gesserit? Yeah, yeah, she's she's a Bene Gesserit. Yeah. Okay, so she now is. does she have their powers? Is she trained in it? Is- She's trained in the way, mm-hmm. yeah. She and they also have this really cool kung fu they do called the weirding way, which is I wish they'd have done a better job of showing that. And yeah, they only showed that the anyway. one time when Jessica fought. Um, yeah, but any, there. but yeah, she she's trained in the ways of the Benny Benny Jessica, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now how would the emperor have a male heir? Would he have an actual wife as well? An actual wife, yeah. And that, and his male heir would come from his actual wife, and he just happens to have this. Oh, right there goes the Zen. it was actually a mint (laughs) but but again there's there's a cynicism within the Bene Gesserit the Bene Gesserit themselves by the time we we come to the events in book one are another just sort of failed institution or at least they're very cynical even about their own um, the original Bene Gesserit order was designed to bring forth the Quetzatz Haderach because they honestly believe the Quetzatz (laughs) Haderach would lead humanity into 
you know, right. it, its next stage and 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 lead us up. Now, now the Benny Jester want to bring forth a Quetzal's Hadarak that they can control, they can manipulate, they can make him do things so that they, you know, and, and it's all very cynical. And even the Benny Jester at this point are another. F- the, basically, the way the Lancerat is, it's like the United States. All our institutions are still there, but they're all just there to frustrate you. None yeah. of them really believe in anything they're doing, mm-hmm. and it's all just a bunch of – everybody's going through the motions. Freeman know, Gunner, I, I kind of want you to expound on this a little because how has he failed? Yeah, as a matter of fact, later in the books. Well, yeah, it depends. Yeah, it depends later, how far in the story you go, right? Yes. Uh, so – Okay, so let's just jump to the weirdest part of the story. Several books later, um, <laughs> several books later in a book called God Emperor of Dune, um, Paul Atreides' son, Leto II, will become a sandworm. Yeah. And when he yeah, does that, bananas he, to us watching, right? I mean, it is going to, I can't wait to see what Denny Villeneuve does to this if he's still well, making them by the time. Yeah, we get to that, that. I thought they're going to be done after Messiah. But. Are I think they? they're okay. going to make it a trilogy. I, and I don't even know if he's going to go Dune Messiah route. He may make the third movie the battle between the great houses. Mm. Like that mm. could be the route he goes. He may pick does, up. Does right Dune Messiah pick off. up? It picks up like it's 10 years later. 12 after years the, later. The war, right? After the war. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it 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 will recount. Yeah, Messiah Messiah Children of Dune are pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, there's there's obviously strange things. It's it's a fantasy type, and I do I do consider Dune a fantasy genre more so than science fiction because these are people who have basically done what we all on this channel sort of predict. The AI turned on them. They defeated the AI and they went feudalism's better. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what they did. This is a this is a very futuristic society Prophecy. that is feudalist <laughs> in the in, yeah. in in every capacity. They've gone so that I, route. I, I would say um <laughs> I would say it's I, <laughs> that wasn't a joke. No, he no. Like I said, Miss Homemaker, it's a weird story, and you will find out why he does it. It all has to do with something called the Great Scattering, and becomes uh, like a god king or something. But it's well, it, I'm gonna wait up real quick. So you're saying it's fantasy, but I would say it's a mixture of fantasy, sci-fi, and really a combination of fantasy and sci-fi. Like I, I compared it to like. It felt a little bit of Matrix, a little bit of Lord of the Rings, a little bit of Game of Thrones, a little bit of Star Wars, like Mm -hmm. all these things all in one. It was (laughs) mind blowing for a movie in 2024 that I I just I haven't felt that exhilarated at a theater. It was so exciting to see it in IMAX with the full sound like that when he rides the sandworm. Like I got chills when he gets up on that sandworm and they're yeah. like, yeah, flip it. It was just so good, man. Now, I think it's also important to realize that Paul Atreides is not proclaimed to be a deity of any kind, nor, you know, and 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 so there's an understanding that everything that's happening in Dune is very, very human. Uh, this is all human machinations. And like the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, in my opinion, is a story about what happens when we try to build our own towers to heaven. Okay. And it's going to happen every time. And similar to the Tower of Babel, um, everything Paul Atreides works for will come to nothing. Okay. But that happens much further down the road. The Duneverse itself, all six books, spans a, a t- time period of like 36,000 years. Okay. So there's a lot of time in between these stories necessarily. Do you uh, agree with this, Mark? 
and Dune goes <laughs> on the amount of ads that Frank Herbert did. I guess it's I guess favorites. it's possible. Yeah, uh, in, I in my experience, represents the, also can represent the cocaine he was addicted to. <laughs> it, it could. In in my experience, uh, acid LSD actually makes people less creative, not more. So uh, I don't know that he was necessarily doing that because I don't know how you could do. This world is too consistent and too. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's the product of narcotics necessarily. But I, what came out first, the 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 Dune books or um, Star Wars? Dune, Dune. Dune books. 67. In fact, uh, uh, George Lucas himself has admitted he was very inspired when doing the Tatooine sequences on Star Wars by Frank Herbert's Dune. Uh, Dune has inspired a tremendous amount of sci-fi and and fantasy, uh, uh, you know, stories ever since its release. One um, one of my favorite things about this movie is okay, so they have these shields, right? That that they that that basically makes projectiles irrelevant, right? Like so you can't more shoot importantly, them the- it makes lasers. The, yeah. the book does a better job, but if like if a laser hits a shield, there's a resonance issue where it reflects back and destroys and you're basically killing yourself yeah yeah and a lot of but but even bullets like you can't shoot someone with a bullet it'll just bounce off of them so you have this beautiful unique style of fighting where it's hand-to-hand combat and they have to slowly push the knife and it was so cool man like i just it was just such an awesome way uh style of fighting that they did there were just all these cool aspects of this movie that i was just i don't know man i was just totally blown away by um even even how um these little things that happen where paul ties his shoes a certain way in the first one and the woman's like how did you know to do it because it just kind of felt right and she whispers his he will know our ways as if he is one of us and you see all these little prophecies starting to come true and it's it must have been something like what the, the Jews of the first century felt like seeing all the prophecies of the old Testament unfold in front of them as Christ comes and he's healing the sick and the like, I really saw a lot of Catholic themes in this movie that were very, very cool, man. And there is another Catholic theme of, you know, going back to let's take Let's take Paul out of his Messiah type role. Okay. And let's just look mm-hmm. at him as a character for a moment. He's a human being. There is. And I think this is a very Catholic sentiment. Um, be careful about cults of personality with human beings. You know, Christ, we, we always say that Christ is our model of holiness because none of us can be. Yeah. And, and any human being who you thinking, you know, and, and these can be very holy men necessarily. I mean, let's take a, you're a big fan of, uh, of the, the head of the priestly fraternity of St. Peter. You think he's one of the greatest priests in the world. He's my model of holiness. You're going to be disillusioned. Yeah. You are going to be disillusioned. Well, well, that's he's why, fallen. He's a sinner like you are. You know, That's not- why cults in the Catholic sense shouldn't form until after the, the saint passes. And after the saint passes, right, then you can right, have yeah. a cult form around them because you know they won't lead you somewhere, right? You, you're looking at their life sure. already lived and they moved on and that's when a cult can form. And if, you, if you're just lucky enough to be a post-consular pope, you don't even need that. Yeah. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um yeah, Michael, but- if you haven't seen it yet, listen to me. This is this movie is I'm gonna say there's only one other time that I felt like this was leaving the Matrix and maybe Two Towers, because Two Towers was so epic, like as a sequel, right? Like you you saw the fellowship and then going to see Two Towers. And a lot of people are making this comparison. I do think Lord of the Rings as a trilogy is unbeatable. It, yeah. There's nothing 
ever that will be made that will compare to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. In the in the Lord of the Rings, there are 12 or 13 different characters that you can fall in love with and root for. Mm -hmm. This movie has like one good guy, maybe two. Like you have you could you, you could love like Paul. Gurney. Gurney, right? The, Duncan but, probably comes back next time. Oh, uh, you don't want to know what happens. Movie. Poor Duncan. Duncan gets like over. cloned, right? And over. He gets and cloned over and, and over, over and over and over. And it won't leave. He has won't let all this guy die. the memories, including like his death memory of each yeah. time. Okay, it's so like I'm having I wanna, to live I want to point something out real quick. So Don hates the Lord of the Ring movies because he read the books, right? Okay, and he like he I've sees so before. many he sees so many things they left out of the movies where I never read the book. I think I it's never, better without Tom Bombadil, anyways. So, but my point is because I never read the book, I went in and I thought Lord of the Rings was phenomenal. Because I never read Dune, I went into this and thought it was phenomenal. Where I think sometimes people read the book first. And they're always going to be let down because certain things are left out of the movie. For you guys who read the book, what was your what was your I impression when you saw the movie? I love the new movies. I loved part one, and I could, but I, ironically, it was the people who hadn't read the books who didn't love part one, and I can understand why. Part one did not have a lot of exposition in that first, let's say, fifteen minute scene in Lord of the Rings. When I when I first saw Lord of the Rings, I'd never read the books, so if that little fifteen minute thing, you know, it, in the beginning where the great. Uh, you know, with the great with rings the of power. Right. Oh, oh, that, would, that. Oh. In the beginning, the great rings of power were forged. Five were given to the elves. If, without that, I would have been so lost I couldn't yeah. watch the movie. So it did, it did it explain everything that happened before the third age? No. But it got it got people like me into enough of the story where mm. now I don't I can go on. Dune did had Dune had none of that. They literally went through three hours in movie one where they never explained who the Benny Jesser were. And I'm like, that's a huge part of the story. <laughs> or like, so, what, why? But if you knew the Benny Jesser were, I, I, to me, I loved movie one. They were the, that was the first time a film had done what my vision of the book was was just you know had done that justice. See, I, I like the first one. I, the first two times I tried to watch it, I fell asleep because it was just a little slow. Sure. But when I finally stuck it through and watched the whole thing. I thought it was awesome. I thought because I kind of looked at it. People had warned me at that point, like, "Look, part one is world building. Like that's what you're doing. You're 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 learning about the different houses that are going to be uh, uh, going into battle in part two. So just pay attention to it. So you go into part one and you just really just have to say, okay, this isn't an action movie yet. It's just going to be this movie where they're setting the plot, mm -hmm. and that's what the whole first movie is. And when you go into it like that." you just kind of just see the beauty of the film. It's just this, these beautiful landscapes, these beautiful scenes and a lot of character building. And you start to see how Paul is uh, the, the dynamic between hey, Paul look and his guys, mom. We're, uh, we're anathema. Verse six. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, to read them. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, Johannes. I <laughs> long live Pope Johannes the first. <laughs> Moving so, on. So the, the 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 dynamic between Paul and his mother, where Paul is angry at his mother for spreading these myths of, with the Bene Gesserit, like, right. and he's like, he's like, you turned me into a freak. Like, he's really uh... a. <laughs> I fell asleep <laughs> because I tried putting it on late at night. You know, like I I hadn't I had no attachment to the Dune movies. I saw it was on, and I'm like, eh, let me throw it on, check it out. Watching it like nine ten at night, and I just 
conked out. So, but I finally sat through it last Saturday and I just sat through it and it was so good that I made my wife watch it because I was like, I need to see part two. This, it leaves you off part one in, in the midst of a story. There's no ending to it. Right. It just right. leaves you off in the midst hanging. So I'm glad I didn't watch it when it came out because I had to wait two years for the sequel where I only had to wait a week for the sequel. It was pretty awesome. You know, the, the part of the reason why, why part one is so disjointed is it's difficult to describe how diff, how many filmmakers have tried to attack this this phenomenon and have failed miserably. One filmmaker, uh, his never even was released. He hated it so much. Jordowski's Dune, and there's actually a documentary about how Jordowski was going to make Dune. And but anyway, uh, you know, we have uh, David Lynch's Dune, which is you know controversial at best. I don't particularly like it. So when Denny Villeneuve went into this, he's like, "This is probably going to fail." No matter how good I make this, it's Dune. It's probably going to fail. But I'm going to give it my a nerd all. Movie, right? It's but a nerd let's, movie. Yeah, let's see what happens. And it's and out of all the and out of all the uh, nerd movies, it's Dune, which yeah. historically no one has been able to do. Maybe I'm no different. Uh, so I'm going to make this movie. If it if it does well, we'll think about book two. And that's that's why it Dude, was so. What's so funny is this movie. He wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make the sequel. He made the sequel, and I am like, I just think it is the best film made in since since Lord of the Rings. I think. I mean, I haven't seen anything twenty years that has. Huh? Do you think it's the best movie in twenty years? Yeah. I mean, what, I can't. What, I can't think of. Else? I, I can't think of one. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hollywood doesn't make good movies anymore. No, that's what I mean. Think movie, about yeah. the trash that has come out over, especially the past six, seven years, right? And it's like, not even just their political agenda. They don't know how to tell a friggin' story anymore. They don't know. They, no, but that is because of their political agenda. It's yeah. So people who have no character guys. can't it's, create characters. I'm sorry. Philosophy. Just, you can't Both do it. You, know? you can't create um, characters if you have no character. That's, the thing is, those writers that used to write movies are still around. They just got thrown out of all the major production companies because mm. they didn't want to go along with the woke stuff. Right. So I'm wondering if they'll like after seeing something like this, maybe some of the other production companies will say, holy crap, man, like Disney made. I think Disney lost a billion dollars over the past like five years because every single movie they came out with is just trash. They keep recycling these old dude. Every trailer I sat through before the movie was like. Remake of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Remake of this. Remake. Yeah. Of, it's like you people can't eat. Not you're remaking these movies that were already remade, and you're making them horrible. Like you're yeah. not Twister. How are you remaking Twister? Twister is the ultimate like bad movie. That's so bad, it's good. <laughs> oh, right? you like, hold your <laughs> mouth, sir. But it is not a bad it's, movie. It's got a cult following. Like, dude, you got to think about Twister. Anthony, Twister. you're going to have to stand or choose your champion listen, here. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Twister. They're at, they're at the dinner table and they're talking about the F3 and the F4. And the guy goes, what's an F5? All of a sudden, all the forks fall. The finger, finger of God. God. <laughs> like, it's the <laughs> cheesiest movie on the planet. You have Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip like, Seymour Hoffman. How can you yeah, not come on? Go around, dude. Dusty. Jason Twister. Like, it is the worst good movie you'll ever see. It's one of those. Sure. It's so bad. I, it's I good saw, movies. I saw it when I was like eight. And I mean, I just can't help but love it. Dude, I will watch that movie, but you can't remake bad movie that's good because it's bad like you just can't like i don't know what they're going for it was it was good because of the cheesiness so 
No one's gonna, I mean, I doubt anybody. How how exactly can a fictional story include heresy when it's not making any claim contrary to? I just don't get it. Heresy and sexuality, and the movies are built in those lines of sins, but you don't seem to. Yeah, I know. I I I'm look. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're wasting time. Um, He's that guy is not (laughs) the police outside Iraq. Okay, I know that for sure. (laughs) You can't please everybody, I guess. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought it was very cool, and I and I think there's nothing wrong with fantasy, and I think there's nothing wrong with science fiction. I think there was no nudity in this movie. There was no foul language in this movie. The um, the furthest it gets is an implied scene where it was implied something had just taken place. But right. I mean, that's part of nature and things. Well, happen. and what and these people don't have in the, in this reality, it's a fictitious reality. They have a different religion, and we don't know what the yeah, we don't right. know necessarily that they're. I, I told Father next to watch it because it would have been a cool, universe. I don't know. Would have been a cool one to do in our faith and film series, but it's not. It's 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 outside the realm of faith and film, I guess. But um, you know what? Another one would be would be like Sharknado. Sharknado is like Twister, right? Sharknado yeah. was made as like the cheesy. It was supposed to be cheesy. It's a they're hilarious. That, Have you ever seen those one of those movies? Really funny. But, but they're just they're <laughs> they just, know what they are. But they're they, not yeah, like they Twister. They go for the comedy, you know. <laughs> They're um, a play on Twister and Jaws is exactly what they are. It's like it's Twister mixed with Jaws and it's the combo and it's sucking sharks out of the ocean. Don must be joking because I'm pretty sure he knows that the sandworms didn't involve there. I think it would be better if they had explained how the sandworms could have could possibly have evolved on a planet like that. Well, the sandworm is the driest creature in the universe, the, the, the sandworm that moisture will kill a sandworm instantly. Yeah. So yeah, you see that in, they in can when... only live on Arrakis. Part of what's going to happen. Well, spoilers, spoilers ahead. We're going into God emperor uh, of Dune and, and maybe that's what Don's trying to get you to do. Bit. Don wants you to skip over chapter house Dune. Okay. So, so, so Arrakis is going to go back into being a lush green uh, jungle world. That's the yeah. death of all the sandworms. And that's the end of all spice production. At that point, the empire is basically ruled by a giant man who has become a worm because he has gained the ultimate in mental prescience. He has gained so much mental prescience by turning himself into a worm. He is revered as a deity. He is the God emperor of Dune, Leto the second. He will rule the, the, the universe. He, I, and I forget, uh, does he does he abolish the Lancerat or did he just greatly diminish it? I can't remember, but sure. um, e- either way, he rules as a tyrant. And the whole time you're thinking he is he is the bad guy. This is the definite bad guy. And then you realize why he was ruling that way, because once Leto the second, um, once that ends, I won't get into that necessarily, but. That's called the, the great scattering happens. That's the end of the empire. And all you have are a bunch of isolated worlds that can't talk to each other or have anything to do with one another because there's no more spice and there's no more ultimate prescient God worm ruling the universe. My my daughters call them the Benny story. Jesuits. <laughs> my daughters call them the Benny Jesuits. That's because Frank Herbert, Frank Herbert gave them that name because it rhymed with the term Jesuit. He was from uh, Tacoma, Washington, home of uh is it xavier no gonzaga university gonzaga university and he was he was jesuit trained he he came up with benny jesuit because the, he meant them to sort of be, be like, like the, jesuits. the jesuits 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. my 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 daughter is like, what about the Benny Jesuits? <laughs> I'm like, they're smarter than you're giving her credit for, man. Yeah. They're, for and sure. they're really not even close to the same because the Benny Jesuit way more masculine than the Jesuits. <laughs> the modern Jesuits. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. But like the Jesuits, they're 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 very cynical about their about their own religion, and they believe that the purpose of the religion is for them to control them and, and machinate and manipulate everybody. And mm-hmm. you know, there's that cynicism there. It's yeah. important to know that Benny Jesuit were not always like that. They weren't established to be the order that you see them on the big screen. They have yeah. devolved from power, from money, from all the things that. Uh, brought uh, that are bringing down the society of Jesus. I mean, the same kind of stuff, you know, worldly esteem, that kind of stuff. So, but, um, we were supposed to have Taylor Marshall join us for this conversation, but he had something come up. He had something come up. So he, he saw, I, like, I, t- I, I texted him actually, cause he saw my tweet the other day and he was like, like happy that I enjoyed the first one. He's like, he's like, I'm looking forward to the second one. So when I, I texted him after I saw the movie, and I was like, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you see it in IMAX. He's like, I just walked out. He's like, let's do a show on it. And I was like, listen, we're doing, a, we're having a conversation tomorrow. This was yesterday. I told him, I was like, we're having a conversation tomorrow if you want to join us. But he couldn't make it. He had, he had something uh, holding him up to do today. But he he, we may do something with him this week. I, I'm not sure yet. He, he you know he he wants to have a conversation about the show about the movie too. It, it's one of those movies where you just want to talk to somebody about it after you get out. Like you, the movie you says just, some things about religion that our society simply just doesn't say in its media content in any in any capacity, which is uh, just because someone is religious or because a society is religious, um, that does not make them silly, stupid, superstitious, or weird. In fact, that's a that makes them. I hate to use the term weapon necessarily, but they can conquer you with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that look at what happened with Christianity in Rome. Okay, that, that's what we're talking about. Rome, I mean, they had their religion. None of them really believed it was true. It was all there to sort of, you know, it was a money-making scheme for a lot of people, and it was emperor worship and all this. And, and you know, and then and then here, here comes Christianity. And these people believe they're ready to go to the sword over the over this belief. And they yeah. conquered the empire. They they conquered the empire of the men who drove the nails into Christ's arm. And they did it in about 300 years. Matthew, um, we've, we've been doing a series on this channel called Faith in Film. Um, so we have Father Dave Nix comes on with us and we review old movies, right? So, so far we did. Um, Not necessarily. It just has turned out that way so far. Right. Well, so far we did um, A Man for All Seasons. We did I Confess. We did The Island. They're not necessarily Catholic, right? They're faith in film, right? So we're just reviewing mm-hmm. movies that have faith themes in them so um next the next movie we're doing is the mission uh that's an older Mm. movie about the jesuits going into south america it's from the 70s has robert de niro liam neeson jeremy irons it's a really good movie if you like if you like conversations about faith and film check that series out because they don't actually even if you've never seen the movie these conversations where we were having on that chat on on these shows are just very in-depth about our catholic faith and how they relate to them and stuff so yeah if you're enjoying this you'll definitely enjoy that series we do it every last thursday of the month every month we we like to show clips of the film so we won't be able to do cambrini 
until it's actually like also we we i don't know if we'll be able to do that one fairly because we know people who are involved with the movie and i and if i don't like it i don't want to criticize the movie because of that so we're we're gonna hold off on that one for a little while we'll see we'll see then we really only do do movies that we like yeah you know yeah yeah we'll see i'll see cabrini if i liked it we'll 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 think about it (laughs) even the bene Gesser can't be on board gay blessing Makes it harder to produce. Thing. Indeed, the and and the Benny Jesuit are fanatical about it's a they they run a breeding program. They breed human beings like like rodents, basically. And again, this is the level that they try to control everything. The prize horse, right? Yeah, they, they. But in fact. It's not that the Quetzaltenacht is a is a machination for that they just used to impose on people. He was a real phenomenon, and they couldn't control it. And that's basically Christ's messiahship, right? So the, the Jews believed the, movie. the Jews believed a messiah was coming, but they were looking for a messiah that they can control for their own machinations. Yeah. My own, my own thing. It, and so, when by the time of Jesus is coming, it wasn't that the messiah story is fake it's was it it's that their messiah story was fake yeah what they were what they wanted was a figure like paul right but guess that's what? what they wanted guess, who, but that's guess not who's what, not God. mentioned in the prophecies there's no there's no there's no war horses yeah in the prophecies the prophecies are quite clear did you know you know i read isaiah i read isaiah all the time i go back to it and i'm i am shocked at how accurate I mean, oh, how crazy. specific it, why the fifth all the way up to riding into Jerusalem, not on a horse, but on a donkey. Yeah. I mean, that's specific. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it's that's just, why they uh, call him the fifth evangelist, right? Because it's incredible. He, is, he is so accurate with his prophecies. But you had said about the movie that one of the aspects the movie fails to show is that um they kind of make it like look like paul after he drinks the water of life it looks like he's manipulating them where you're saying in the books it really shows that he comes to believe he is the messiah yes he comes to be he he comes to be a true believer uh and that that stuff that they drink okay that's the stuff inside the sandworm that turns sand into spice the sandworms you that chemical so it's a pre-spice call a pre-spice mass or water of life and when you drink it you gain uh such incredible prescience that men will die from it the only people who can survive it are women bene gesserits because they have all the 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 memories of their ancestors and things like that it illuminates that but anyway um for me that type of um it's a sacramentality to, and I, I, again, I'm using these words not to denigrate our religion, but to sort of illustrate a little bit more about theirs. When Paul drinks the water of life, Paul sees all possible futures yeah. and he sees a way forward where the, where it doesn't lead to the destruction of not only his house, but of the, uh, of the Fremen and of the spice production and all this, that and everything. So even when, Arrakis will go back into a jungle and all the spice production stops and this great scattering I talked about. He sees all that. It reminded me of through that. It reminded me of infinity wars when Dr. Strange and, and, and Iron Man are going out and he goes, I see a way. Sure. One way. He's like one way. And he's like, 
we have to die. You know, it's right. like that's the only way through. Yeah, oh, thanks, let me Michael. tell you guys Appreciate something. that. Like, I'm so happy uh, that um that Mark was so into this because I've been looking for a reason to get Mark on because I haven't talked to him in so long. And I know Mark's, it's been a minute. But we have a group text. It's me, Rob, Mark, and our friend Jason. And I mean, we are just all day long talking to each other. So just to get Mark on, well, I, dude, I haven't seen you in so long, man. It's so I know we got to get we we got to get together and hang out in person and. Mm-hmm. Uh, um my job is now I'm, I'm getting a little bit more in the hang of it now so i can start taking some time and you know, well, go we're gonna do another meetup so. in in october so or late september really? early october you'll you'll definitely be invited so okay all right we'll figure that out but um all right i'm going to go upstairs probably have some dinner <laughs> and then i have to go back and see this movie again tonight has so to. he has to he definitely didn't my whole thing. dude 180 bucks for seven tickets because you're going to IMAX. It's like $27 a ticket. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to get myself into this. If you like the religious parts of Dune the most, then I do definitely recommend you read the books because they read like a religious epic. And yeah. it's um, it's very it, religious people like Dune for some reason. And because I, I think we get it. And that's not to say there aren't atheists, so I guess that's in, that's but I think in, they're wrong. That's in, in in the next book, right? Because when they're saying he fails as a messiah, not in this movie. In this movie, no. he's not. He is not a failed messiah in this movie. If you go see this movie, he is the Lisan Al Gaib. I mean, this guy. I, well, I think it yeah, was so good. There there are failures and successes. Paul is not Paul is not touted as a deity. So remember, he does that things that are not perfect right uh, there are failures and successes with paul but yeah um, I, th- I think as people go see this movie they're going to run to this review because i think you, you could go and check out all the secular reviews you want all sure. the reviews i've seen are just one guy giving his opinion i haven't seen like a roundtable discussion on it yet i think this will be one of those evergreen conversations that as this movie gets bigger and more catholics go and see it they they might actually remember, come and check out our conversation. Do you remember in part one where uh, Paul Atreides is sort of walking by those palm trees and there's those religious yeah. people behind that screen they're praying? And he's having a conversation with the gardener, and the gardener says, Yeah, those, those people are religious nuts. You, you'll never get rid of them. You see it, you see that sort of dismissive behavior of religious people. And then I think at the end of movie two, you see exactly what that leads to dismiss us at your risk because we believe in something that is bigger than ourselves. We believe that we believe in a Christ, a Messiah that has conquered the world and will continue to do so until the end of time. And dismiss him him at (laughs) your peril. You know, it, it kind of ties into the whole Hauser's prophecy of a, of a great monarch, great Catholic monarch. Mm, mm. You know, who knows? Maybe we'll get our own Muad'Dib. <laughs> Dude, Relax, Rob. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm really glad that we had this conversation, man. I've I just been dying to just bounce ideas off of people because I, especially the the idea that I think he is the Messiah that the Jews were wanting, right? Like he really is this conquering Messiah. And I mean, I saw a lot of awesome. Yeah, we got to become Catholic Fremen. That, we gotta, for, for the record, if anyone wants to make a, <laughs> a YouTube channel about like about about doing lore through a Catholic perspective, use that name. 
There you go, Catholic Fremen. The Catholic Fremen. That's the a Catholic, really have me Have me on. I'd love to. I'd, I'll be a certified friend of the show. I'm going to have to change my Twitter handle to the Catholic Fremen. Oh. <laughs> there goes Loft Dog. Oh, here we go. Hang on. Ah. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, this my was my fun, favorite man. part of all this was for all of you, well, none of you know, but Last night I was pretending like I hated the movie to Anthony and that Dude, I was gonna rip I, it. And he got so pissed. Yo, he's like, he's like, you know, the more That's I think awesome. about it, the more I think this movie just sucked. And it's just another example of modernity going for the thrills on the screen, but no depth to the story. And I'm like, um, I my wife looked over at me and she goes, What's the matter? I go. We're having another fight on air tomorrow. She's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "It's going down." Like me and him it's are going having down. a fight on the show. It's I'm like, going "We're down. talking tomorrow, and there's going to be another fight tomorrow." I'm just—I know it's going to happen. I'm just I'm sitting there it. riling him up for hours, just laughing to myself. I'm like, "I hate you, dude. You don't know what you're talking about." I was ready to call you on phone last night. <laughs> yes, Eric Savage did DM me back. <laughs> yeah, you guys okay? Again. Yeah, 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 we're all good. We're all good. Oh, Catholic um, Chris knives. Oh, oh that we would be pretty now good. Now we're talking. Now With we're like talking. Crucifix handles. We, we nah, have, it's uh, sacrilegious. We don't want to do that. Uh, good point. <laughs> we have uh, we have some interesting guests coming up because Trent Horn reached out to me. He wants to come back on. Uh, we have Redeemed Zoomer this week. We got I got a lot of stuff coming up this week. So everybody, stay tuned to our channel this week. We got some really good stuff coming up. The the Catholic um, Chris knives are made from the teeth of dead modernists. That's yeah. how we make those. Yeah, I, I went there. Yeah, I went there. I don't care. I would say they should be made from the teeth of the saints, though. Like, we're <laughs> okay, very, fair enough. Fair enough. First class know? relics. All right. Like a Krishna, it should be a first class relic. I still want to kick the, the modernist teeth, teeth out. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna. You gotta use it. a Krishna to take the modernist out, as we there you go. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, it'll be Trent round two, but we may get Joshua Charles on for that episode too. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So, but all right. <laughs> never, <laughs> never, never, never. All right, I'm going to run, guys. This was fun, man. Uh, God bless you guys. You guys. This go was see great. the movie if you haven't seen it yet. If you did see it and you know somebody that has seen it, throw them in this review. Let them check out this review. And we will see you guys on Tuesday, man. Have a good weekend. See you guys.